You are now listening to the Way to Go Youth Podcast with Pastor Jerome Baker. This podcast is an outreach of a place of refuge church located in Carrollton, Georgia, where the pastor is Bishop Barry Walker. Our vision is to help youth and young adults to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's word. Now, let's receive Pastor Baker with today's message. You are listening to The Way to Go. Tell yourself, say, I don't know what you've been going through. Well, no, tell yourself, I know what you've been going through. But something great, finish it. Look at somebody else and now tell them, say, I don't know what you've been going through. Finish it. Let's give God a hand clap for the text. And the topic. When you consider these seven passages or seven verses, in order for us to understand and apply what the Lord is revealing in these verses, in today's message, I'm going to break these passages down into three parts. In these seven verses, there's a number of things we could learn, but how the Lord has dealt with me And for this great congregation, again, I'm going to break the lesson down into three three parts. If you notice in verse number one of Luke 5, the story opens up by saying, the multitude pressed about him to hear the word. The multitude pressed about him to hear the word. The word. The first part of the message I want to deal with is the event. The message describes the event that took place by a lake. And in this particular day and at this service or this event, there was a multitude of people that were coming to Jesus, the Bible says, to hear the word. In other words, these folks hungered for the word of God. And and, and it's very important that we just stop right here and deal with that because there's nothing new under the sun. What we need to have in our day and time are young people and young adults that hunger for the word. I know social media is popping, but God is looking for somebody that is hungering for the word. I know it's some cute ladies and some handsome young men in our day and time, but but we need somebody that's going to hunger for the word. You know, when you hunger for the word, there's just going to be some traits. You know, when church doors open, when you hunger for the word, you're there. You don't let a day go by without you getting in the word. Why? You hunger for the word. Am I talking about anybody in here? Look at somebody and say, you got a hunger for the word. Yeah, more than sports, more than a girlfriend, more than money. Look at somebody and shout, hunger for the word. 
Now, when we look in the scripture, young people, the Bible gives us so many infallible truths on why we should hunger for the word. And, and it speaks to our appetite. We got to have an appetite for the word or the things of God. So let me just pause right here and let's look at what the Bible says or gives us some reasons why we should hunger for the word. Y'all ready? Second Timothy. Follow me to Second Timothy 3. Second Timothy 3. And notice what Paul told Timothy in Second Timothy 3 and 16. He said, all scripture or the word is given by inspiration and is profitable. All scripture or the word is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. When it comes to the written word, understand these weren't just normal men writing the word. These men were holy men full of the Holy Spirit and they were inspired by God. But also when it comes to the revealed word, you got to understand a real preacher is just not going to get up and give you anything. They're going to seek the face of God. They're going to fast until God inspires them on what text to go to to feed you. And notice the text says concerning the scripture that is profitable. Every word that God gives us, whether it's revival, whether it's Sunday, Tuesday, or when you're reading your word at home or listening to a podcast, tell somebody the word is profitable. Yeah, the word will benefit you. That's why we roll out the bed and make it our business to come to God's house. I come to church and I see folk out washing their cars. I see folk out cutting the grass. I see folk at work. But as for me and my house, I need some word. I got to come to God's house to get me a word. What about you? Now, another verse, Matthew 4 and 4. Many of us know this verse, but it gives us another reason why we need to hunger for the word. Matthew 4 and 4. Jesus told the devil and said, it is written, man shall not what? Live, Live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The word is what we need in order to live. The word is what's going to help us keep our mind right. The word is going to help us to talk right. And the word is going to help us to do right. Let me tell you something about life, young people. And some of you know, sometimes the trials of life can pull energy out of you. Sometimes what you go through, it can get on your last nerve. But it's nothing like a word that can revive or quicken you. A word that proceeds from the mouth of God is talking about a word that comes from God's preacher. God's pastor in specific. When I come to God's house, even though I'm a teenager, God got something that's going to help me to live. Even though I'm in my 20s, God got something that's going to help me to prosper. God got something that's going to help me to do better. The word helps us or causes us to live. Tell somebody the word is helping me to live. But then Matthew 5 and 6, Jesus said to an audience, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. When I hunger and thirst for the word, I am blessed. 
And it's just not for me hearing the word. It's when I put the word into action. So how many from these three scriptures can see we need to continue to hunger for the word? No matter what we go through in life, the word is going to profit me. It's inspired by God. It's going to help me to live. And I'm blessed when I hunger for the word. Do y'all see it? Somebody shout, I see it. And so when we get to verse number two of Luke five, the text says Jesus saw two boats standing by the lake, but fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Now, this particular verse reveals two points I want to bring out about the word. Jesus has showed up specifically to give them a word. And some of the fishermen were in the vicinity, but they chose not to give attention to the Lord. They chose to go and wash their nets. Don't you know the word can be coming forth, but it's up to you if you're going to pay attention or not. You, you, can, you can be busy about something else, but you be in the place you need to be. You be in the right place, but your mind is on something, something else. And, and so we need to understand when the word is coming forth, we need to be giving our attention to the word. We need to apply our ear, the Bible says, to what we are hearing. And, and, and then the second thing that we see in the text is that the mindset of these fishermen was off. Here you got the word coming forth, something that can profit them, something that can cause them to live, something if they won't can cause them to be blessed. And they're over here washing their nets, washing their nets, washing their nets when it comes to a fisherman they are basically saying that, look, we are done for the day. What we were doing, we are now done with. It's over. And sometimes in life, young people, you can look at something with your natural eyes and it look like the situation is over and done with. You're washing your nets. You take the attitude, you know what? It is what it is. These fishermen, as they turn me back up on my mic, they had a carnal mindset. In the midst of a word, getting ready to come forth, they're over there with the mindset that my situation is over and done with. And, and the Lord dealt with me on this morning. There's somebody that's here on this morning. You've been going through certain things, and, and it hadn't concluded yet, but in your mind, you've been battling, is this over well? I, I guess such and such is not going to happen. I, I, I've been looking for it to happen. It hadn't happened, so let me just wash my, my net. And if you haven't been there or haven't been dealing with that, keep living. Because I'm going to tell you, there are situations in life, young folk, they will try to convince you that this is how it's always going to be.
And so they're over there washing their nets at this service or the event. Jesus doesn't say nothing to them because how many know we all got a choice? And so he says in verse 3, or it says in verse 3, that he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. And he asked him to put out or go out just a little bit from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. He taught them. Whenever the Lord is bringing forth a word, no matter what we're going through, and no matter what we have experienced, young people, we need to give our attention to the word. We need to make sure that we're listening and receiving whatever it is that the Lord is putting on the table. Now, I found this amazing that Luke did not reveal, are y'all still with me, what the message was in the verse. He didn't reveal what Jesus was teaching about. He, he didn't go over what the message was about. But one thing we know when you rightly divide the word is that he was giving them some faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the what? Word of God. Remember, the multitude came to hear the word of God. So faith was coming forth. Faith is important. The Bible teaches young folk, we got to hear the word and also mix it with some faith. See, if you just hear the word, the Bible teaches, if you don't do it, you're deceiving yourself. So faith was coming forth. Every time we have a service, guess what's coming forth? Faith. When God's preacher, God's pastor, his prophet gets up, Faith is coming forth. And faith is important. Tell somebody, your faith is very important. Why is faith important? Romans 1.17 says in part that the just, we need to live by what? Faith. Romans 1.17, it says in part that the just must live by faith. Hebrews 11 and 6 tells us without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if I want to please God, I got to make sure I'm paying attention and be ready to put it in action. Because that's what's going to what? Please God. And that's what I need to live by. But finally, faith is how we get the victory. Your faith, young people, is how you're going to overcome what you go through in life. Your faith is how you're going to defeat things that oppose you. The Apostle John talked about how the victory that we have, it's because of our, our faith. When things attack your body, you know how you're going to be happy in the midst of that and possess healing by using your faith. When your money is low and you're experiencing what seems like a poverty state, you know what's going to help you to overcome that using your, 
your faith. When you have desires that are bigger than your paycheck, but, but it's just a desire of your heart, you know what's going to help you to possess that desire? Using your, your faith. And so when Jesus was teaching the word to his audience, faith was coming. It was coming forth. But remember, you had the fishermen over there. They was on something else. And then you got Simon in the boat. Two types of people. The fishermen over there thinking that, hey, it is what it is. We washing our nets. And you got Simon in the boat right there with Jesus while he is teaching. And so Jesus finished teaching. And now he begins to see if Simon specifically was receiving. And how many know the Lord don't change? He's going to give us a word, but he's going to allow us to go through things just to see if we were receiving the word. And so he tells Simon, y'all still with me in verse 4. Launch out, Simon, into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. The message is over. And now the preacher done told one of his members to do something by faith. Launch out into the deep for a, a catch. Now, before I go further, let me just stop right here. It's evident that Jesus knew something that Simon didn't know. Simon and his partners had been out there fishing and caught how much? Nothing. But Jesus telling them, go on back out in the deep, and it's a, it's a catch. What do I want us to get from that point right there? God's prophet knows some secrets. God's prophets know something that you don't know. And it's not because they are so special. It's because God reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. God is going to tell your prophet, your pastor, your bishop something that you can't find on TikTok. You can watch all of the TikTok videos you want, but they don't have what's classified. They don't have what's a secret. Your preacher, your prophet has the secret. Tell somebody God's prophets has my secrets. That's why it's important to hunger and thirst for that word because God knows something your teacher don't know. God knows something your doctor don't know. God knows something that society don't know. It's hidden. It's a secret. But in order to get it, you got to be at the feet of God's prophet. I got anybody that want God's secrets on this morning. I got anybody in here you want whatever it is that God has for you and get this, you may not know about it just yet. But I done showed up this morning with a secret and somebody sitting there ready to receive it. Look at somebody and say, the Lord knows something. Your eyes can't see. It's classified. It's secret. But he releasing it on this morning to his youth and young adults. He releasing it to other churches. Look at somebody say, he releasing it right now. Now, look at Simon's initial response. After the Lord told him, 
It's a catch for you out there in the deep. Simon's initial response was based upon his past experience. Lord, we've been out there all night working hard, toiling. Lord, you know, we've been out there toiling hard and ain't caught nothing. You got some folk in here just like that. I'm going to tell you something. Life has a way of causing you to experience disappointments. And if you're not in the place to be, you can use your disappointment as an excuse. And that's the second part of the text, Simon's excuse. Simon's excuse. Simon was looking at, look, we have been there, Lord, and done that, and nothing happened. We got zero. We put in long hours and did nothing come forth from it. And I'm telling you, young people, sometimes in life, you do the best you can, and you still come up short. Sometimes you save as hard as you can, as much as you can, but but it seemed like that that saving still ain't growing. You studied, you turned the TV off, and you had all the confidence in the world. Went in there, took the test, and still failed. Disappointments is a part of life. Sometimes you got good intentions. You tell yourself, I ain't going to do that no more. But then you find yourself doing it again. And you look at yourself and you feel like a failure. Why can't I just get this thing right? Has anybody in here ever experienced disappointment? You look into your parents' eyes. You know they love you, but you can see that they are disappointed and because of something you did or something that you said. And it ain't like that's really you. You just messed up. And now you are dealing with this disappointment. Disappointment can turn into depression. Disappointment can turn into discouragement because you were giving your best effort and and nothing came forward. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? You don't need to get down on yourself because of disappointment because it's going to happen in life. Sometimes you disappoint your parents, your spouse, yourself. Your pastor, but look at somebody and say, as long as you're here, you got some mercy. Woo! I said, as long as you are alive, disappointment don't have to be the final chapter in your book. But disappointment, it hurts. Because you start looking at yourself and feeling insufficient. You look at others and then you start comparing. Man, it worked for them and here I am. And it ain't working for me. What was going on with Simon? Remember, he was in the boat. 
He was in the boat right there with Jesus. Y'all remember that? The Lord said, push out a little bit so I can, so I can teach. You can't push the boat out unless you pretty much in the boat. He was in the boat with him. Simon took on the same mindset of the fisherman. Even though he was in the service or at the event, his mindset was still like the fisherman or like the world. You can be in church getting the word, but still your mind hadn't been renewed. You haven't been transformed. I said you can be in church, but still got a worldly mind. And so the word had been coming forth, and, and the Lord want to see what Peter at. Well, where Simon is at? Go on and launch out. It's a, it's a, it's a catch out there. I said, go on and launch out. It's a, it's a catch out there. And the first thing he says is something carnal based upon what he sees. Young people, we can't do that. You can't base your destiny on your past. You can't base what God wants to do for you on what has happened to you in your, in your past. And so Simon flips it. Simon says something I love. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. See, sometimes it's okay to acknowledge the disappointment, but don't get stuck down. Yeah, it didn't work the way I thought it was going to work, but the Lord done sent a word for me, and now it's going to work. And so he says, nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to let down my net. See, that's the mindset we got to have. I looked for the job, and I didn't get that job, but nevertheless, God got something better for me. I went and, and I thought that was the car I was going to possess. I didn't possess it, but nevertheless, I'm still going to get it. It's still going to work out for me. That's the type of mindset you have to have. Tell somebody, nevertheless, it's your word. Don't get stuck on the past. You got to have a mindset that God got something fresh. God got something new. God can turn it around. Our God is a resurrector. And so that's, that's what Simon did. He said, nevertheless, he dropped the excuse and began to execute God's word. And that's what we got to do. We got to drop the excuses and just go ahead and execute. Look at somebody say, drop the excuse and just execute. Yeah, drop your little excuse and go ahead and just have made up in your mind. I'm just going to do what God told me to do. Now, it's going to be a challenge. I said, it's going to be a challenge. You remember Paul? He said, man, one thing I do, I forget those things that are behind. He said, and I reach forth and I pray. It's going to be a challenge. Gone to the deep. It was a challenge. This was a huge lake that had depths of being 84 feet. 84 feet deep at parts of this particular lake that they were on. This was a huge lake. I remember the first time I went to Chicago, 
And uh, when we got off the plane, we went downtown, me, me and First Lady, and man, we were just happy. We was like, we in the city, baby. We was doing it. And I looked, I said, oh man, look at that water. Look at the ocean, ain't it pretty? I said, I told her like I knew what I was talking about. I said, yeah, baby, that right there. That's the Atlantic Ocean. She's like, oh, for real? I said, like, yeah, look at it. Look how big it is. Man, look at somebody. I said, he was wrong. <laughs> Man, I went and talked to this police officer. I said, yeah, we were out here looking at the ocean. He said, ocean? He said, bro, that's Lake Superior. I said, a lake? <laughs> I said, we learned about that in sixth and seventh grade. I said, a lake can be that big? He said, yeah, man, that's a lake. So imagine Jesus teaching by the shore and telling Simon to launch out into the deep. Now, they didn't have no little motors on boats like we do. No, he had to go against that current. He, he had to get out there and go to the deep. And if his boat didn't have no cast to catch no wind, they had to put in some work. Had to get the nets that they already washed and say, well, let's get them, put them back on the boat, and let's go on out here into the deep. Your faith is going to be challenged. When God gives you a word that he turning things around, when he going to make things better, don't you think it's going to be a bed of ease? You're going to be challenged in your, in your faith. You're going to be challenged. Well, I'm young. Well, you're still going to be young and challenged. When it comes to your, your faith. And I love it. I love the verse. He, he, went, he goes out there in verse 6. The text says, y'all still with me? Look at how verse 6 starts out. And when they had done this. And when they had done this. Not Simon, we. So he went and got the fishermen. Come on, let's go out here. The Bible says that they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. The third part of the text is the elevation. The elevation took place. God exalted Simon when he had done this or obeyed. Despite what he had been through, Simon decided to obey his raiment. He decided to obey the word, and when he had done this, something great took place. And because God does not change and he does not show respect to person, you may be a teenager in your 20s or 30s or what have you. When you and I obey the word, you're going to have something great. And the Lord told me around Wednesday that those who've been obeying him, those who've been striving to put that word into action, even though you've been disappointed here lately, even though things haven't been going according to your vision board, even though things haven't been going according to your plan, something great is about to happen for you. You may not be looking for no fish like Simon was, but, but, but something great is about to catch you. Something great is about to overtake you. A breakthrough is about to happen. That's, that's what they experienced in the text. Their nets begin to break. And I got in my spirit, bigger is here and better is coming. It ain't nothing but about to break through in my life. Because I've been obeying. I've been disappointed. I've been hurt. I done made mistakes, but I got a nevertheless down in my spirit. And the Lord said that something great is 
is about to happen, not just for Baker, but for everybody else who's been obeying his word. The net began to break. Tell somebody, breakthrough is about to happen. Yeah, I said breakthrough is about to happen. It may start off small, but 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 just keep obeying the word and, and, and breakthrough is about to happen. Something great is about to happen on your job. Something great is about to happen at school. Something great is about to happen in your health. Something great is about to happen in your mind. Something great is about to happen in your money. Tell somebody something great is about to happen. That's why we got to keep obeying. I said, that's why we got to execute. You got to drop them excuses and you got to make sure you're doing what God has told you to do. You got to make sure that your prayer life is in the place it need to be. You got to make sure your giving life is in the place it need to be. You got to make sure your witnessing life is in the place it need to be. You got to make sure your thinking. You got to make sure your talking. You got to make sure your action is in the place it need to be because you can't afford to miss what God is about to do in your life sit down for a second man I, I was going through something these last four or five months this year man it was rough it was working my mind look at somebody say it was rough for pastor man but I just kept striving to obey God I just kept striving to do what he told me. I, I kept striving to do what he had instructed me to do. And after some time, man, I began to get a little breakthrough. Woo! I said, after some time, after he allowed me to go through, I, I began to experience things getting better and better and better and better and when I wasn't expecting it this week he said Baker something great getting ready to happen and bigger messes and so the net began to break but all that's wonderful but it was hinged on him being oh obedient him executing see cause you can miss what God has for you when you stop obeying it's just like, it's probably somebody here that you know, Lord, I, I done kind of drew back. Now, you can repent, but you can also miss what God has for you if you keep doing that dumb stuff. We got to make sure that we are in the place we need to be so we can be and have what God has purposed for us. Am I right about it? Look at the verse. Talk to us, Bible. Look how wonderful and how great this was in verse 7. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. They couldn't even handle what God put on them. It was no room to receive. It sounded like the good measure. It sounded like the press down. It sounded like the shaking and the running. <laughs> Had to get somebody to help. And you telling me you tripping about obeying the word? When this is what God has in mind for his people that obey him? 
You know what I learned about life? Some things are just worth going through. You don't find out how much it's worth until you go, <laughs> go through it. Some things you need to go through in life. That's what David said. He said, young people, it was good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn. You think Simon didn't learn that it's important or valuable to obey God no matter what has taken place in your life? You think he learned that? Yes. And that's what some of us are right now. You got to learn how not to try to make it happen for yourself. Just trust God. Just whatever he say, that's what you execute. That's what you do. Don't be trying to do it in your own strength. Just do what God tells you to do. There was a time in my life, I, I used to have this truck, this Ford Ranger. And, um, man, I was so excited about this truck. And one of the reasons I was excited about it, y'all still with me, is because I was getting ready to pay it off. Man, I had got down to the last payment. Last payment. I was telling my wife, it's going to be mine. <laughs> we about to pay it off. About to get this title. Man, I was so excited. Mess around, and a storm came through Carroll County. And uh, uh, <laughs> y'all see where it's going. The Lord allowed the wind to blow a tree down. All this space out here. <laughs> and guess where the tree fell? On the truck. All this earth out here. <laughs> and he allowed the tree to fall on my truck. I said, well, maybe I could still drive it. <laughs> no. Mm -mm. Look at this one. Mm -mm. Insurance man came out and said, sir, I'm sorry. This, this truck is total. And we're going to have to take possession of it. I said, man, I'm on the last payment. Man, I was hurt. But I, I was disappointed. But I didn't curse God. I said, well, it's out of my control. Ain't nothing. I can do. I guess the Bible is right. The Lord gives. <laughs> and the Lord what? <laughs> Take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But then I learned something. Even though I was disappointed, I didn't cuss God out. I didn't curse his name. I just kept doing what he told me to do. And, and, and before I knew it, he gave me another truck and paid that one off. Then he gave me another truck, and guess what? Paid that one off. And he done recently gave me another truck, and guess what I'm expecting him to do? <laughs> so we don't need to allow what we go through in life to stop us from obeying God. Are you going to be disappointed in life? Yeah. Do it hurt sometimes? Yeah. Do things not go your way? Yeah, but you got to keep obeying the Lord. Keep obeying. Sometimes you ain't going to like decisions your parents make. But that don't mean you cut a fool. You keep honoring them. You keep being submissive because you in their house. And you want it to be well with you. 
to, well, Lord, I don't like what mama did. I don't like what daddy did. They get on my nerves. Okay. Be angry, but don't, don't sin. And Lord, I'm just going to keep obeying you. I'm going to keep this curfew. I ain't going to cut a fool. I'm just, this too shall pass. Yeah. And so that's, that's where Simon was. Y'all still with me? And that's where your elevation is. Just keep obeying the Lord. Despite what you've been through in life, just keep obeying the Lord. And the Bible says it like this. If you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, in due time, guess what he's going to do? Raise you up. In due in due time. In due time. Where so many young people and young adults trip up when life don't go the way they planned, they try to do things on their own. No, just submit to God, humble yourself, and in due time, he going to elevate you. Let's close it out, 1 Samuel. Is this helping anybody? 1 Samuel 12. Let me show you what the Bible talks about obeying and disobeying in addition to what I've already quoted, and then we're going to be done. Because something great about to happen. But we got to stay in the position God wants us to be. 1 Samuel 12, 15. However, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you. Now, you, you can count out that great stuff happening. When you disobey and rebel against what God tells you to do, you can cancel that. God going to be against you. Look at that. The hand of God. The power of God. I don't want God to turn his face against me. I understand I disappoint him sometimes, but I don't want him to say, Baker, I'm done with you. If he ever say he done, you might well just look at Saul's life. He was done with Saul. Everything God gave Saul, guess what he did? He took it back, and then shortly thereafter, guess what happened? He died. His sons died. Death comes in. So no matter what we go through, have in your mind, I got to obey God. Even when God do stuff I don't like. And how many know he will do stuff that you don't like? Philippians 2 and 8, and we're done. And being found in appearance as a man, talking about Jesus, he humbled himself and became what? Obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Jesus had made up in his mind, according to this verse, that he was going to obey the Father even until the point of death. Just going to humble myself and obey him. And I can't tell you how many times I done reiterated this in the message. Regardless of what you've been through, you better choose to just humble yourself 
and obey God so great things can happen. That's the key. The key to the lesson is just obedience to the word. I'm just going to obey this word. Some things untook place. And listen, sometimes you don't understand. Sometimes in life things happen to you and you can't pinpoint what is going on. But we still need to choose to just obey the word. And when we do that, you can expect something great to happen in your life. And that's what's about to take place in our lives. Something great. Look at somebody say, something great is about to happen. I'm going to stop right there. Let's give our God a hand clap for the text and the teaching.